Hi, Mike. Oh, hello. We're here. It's like a regular episode of Cortex. Ah, yes. Just a normal, non-special episode. Normal Tex. We just ended up having two very particular episodes back to back. Yeah. This is one of those things where when you make stuff... Sometimes you have this little moment where it's like, oh, it, it just so happens to work out that we ended up with two special episodes in a row. Uh-huh. But then what always happens is if you do two of something in a row, people are like, oh, my God, is this what it's going to be like forever? It's like, no, no, it's no, no. It's OK, guys. Like, sometimes this just happens. Mm-hmm. We've been talking vaguely for like a year now, mm-hmm. maybe about trying to do more what we're thinking of as like single topic episodes. Yeah. We're like trying to create these episodes that are maybe easier jumping on points for the show. Yeah. Because we kind of feel like we had them already naturally, like state of the apps and yearly themes became these singular things which Mm -hmm. aren't part of the month-by-month timeline of the show where we've kind of run through a whole year talking this day. Like on this episode, we're going to do follow-up from previous episodes, but those episodes don't have any of that. And we noticed that people seem to really like them. So we were trying to find ways to add more special things throughout the year the goal really is to add more episodes as opposed to turning more of our like regular episodes into these specials yeah it's one of these things is like thinking about the show one of the things that's been interesting to see that we talked about before is just like the youtube channel is doing really well and i feel like the youtube channel has become a way to onboard people to the whole rest of the show yeah and you know me mike i love a good spreadsheet i love looking at some data And I was just really aware of like, oh, a lot of our shows that tend to be dominated by a single topic seem like they're significantly better for new people. And so this was also realizing like we've been kind of doing a lot of half special episodes without even realizing it. So like a lot of our like book reviews, right, or like talking about a documentary, that kind of stuff was like basically half a special and as with many things, it seems so obvious in retrospect, but you discover, oh, right, when there's a clear topic, it's just a much easier place for people to start with a podcast that they're not familiar with. Yeah. And, and I feel like this is always the fundamental problem for podcasts is discovery. And so many podcasts, you have the issue of, oh, God, there's like hundreds of episodes. Do I need to start at the beginning? Where do I go? Any individual episode is dominated by everything else that came before right at the start. And so like just jumping in at a random point is hard. So we thought like, okay, let's just follow the data here and see if we can do some more of these like individual episodes that are clearly focused on a thing as a way to get people on board nice and easy with the show. And as it's already said, and I really want to underscore this, these are extra. We're not going to make the show like lose all of its through line, right? Because like, that's important to me too. Because I also think that this might be a reason somebody comes to the show, yeah. but then they end up sticking around for our audio issues. You know what I mean? Like, because that just becomes a thing. And I'll just say to you now, talking about putting the episode in time, I wasn't listening to you for about 25 seconds there because I just got my invite to go to Apple Park for WWDC. Hey! So Congratulations. Oh my try god. And That's do it super again. exciting. Right. Wow. We create the prayer circle amongst all Cortexans. We all join hands that Mike actually 
fucking makes it this time and doesn't sit in a hotel room for two weeks. Oh, dude, I'm so excited for you. Oh, that's really great. <laughs> it says you're invited. <laughs> I, like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like when we were talking before and the invite hadn't come through, like, uh-huh. I wasn't going to say anything, but, I've, but I had a big cloud of, oh, no, fill the room. So, oh, I'm so pumped. Oh, that's great. That is like, that is the best news all week. I am so happy you got that invitation. So wow. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm doing it. Nothing's going to stop me now. I'm going to be there. So what are your plans? What's what's going to happen? What can you share that you're going to be doing? Well, all I know right now is it says I will be in person to watch the keynote address at Apple Park. Ooh, like that's that's all I have. That will be if I actually can do it, the realization of 15 years of work. Like <sighs> this is my bucket list item, which is why it was so so crushing last year. It's like this is for me in that part of my work of like Apple focused podcasting, the one thing left. Like yeah. it's the one goal, the one dream left to achieve is get to it. Pretty much every single one of my colleagues at this point has done it and I nearly had it and I couldn't do it last year because in case you're new to the show because you just found <laughs> stay of the hardware. <laughs> last year I was invited to WWDC. I made it out and I tested positive coronavirus the day before, so I couldn't go. And this time I'm locking myself down. <laughs> no one's coming near me and I'm going to go and I'm going to be there. And I'm so excited. I, I want to get some photos of Mike Bubble Rap Boy on the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Just my whole head covered in N95 masks. Yeah. This is the time to be a lunatic and buy all of the eight seats around your seat. Like you buy a middle seat, right? And buy like all of the immediate seats around you. I mean, like nobody's here, right? When people move over and they go, oh, we're a family. We wanted to sit together. There's a free row. How delightful. You say, no, I purchased those seats. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Uh, oh, oh I, man, I'm so relieved and so happy. Oh, that's fantastic, Mike. I've been so nervous about it, right? Because it's just like, I just want to do it, you know? Yeah. And like It felt like it was going to happen today, and mm-hmm. it has happened today, and I feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. I just <sighs> want to get there. I'm going to go to Apple Park. I'm going to see the presentation. All I'm going to be doing is sitting in a chair and watching a screen. But Mm -hmm. I will be doing it inside the venue. That's all I want to do. To like, I am a media professional going to the thing. Like, I will be in the media area with the other media professionals. I have worked so hard for so long Mm -hmm. to achieve this thing, to Mm -hmm. be recognized as someone who should be there and my hope gray like that i will my first keynote is going to be one of the defining keynotes right like Mm -hmm. the introduction of a brand new platform and if that's the case right and i get that i will kind of feel like you know what missing out on last year is worth it because i will be able to say like my first one was this one oh man yeah I'm I'm trying to think of a way to phrase something, right? Which is like, Apple doesn't owe anything to anyone, right? Like they they can do whatever they want. They can invite whoever they want for whatever wacky and whimsical arbitrary reasons fills their little Apple heart with joy, whatever. Like they can do what they want. But at the same time, I can think of 
I can think of no one else in the tech industry who <laughs> deserves to be there more yeah. who hasn't been there yet, right? It's like, it's the intersection of these three things. <laughs> so our next episode, we're going to be recording after WWDC. Oh, so, great. Right? right, of course, yes. So not only will it be our <laughs> WWDC episode. Remember that the last half of last year's, which was really sad? <laughs> yes. This year, it should be really happy. I really have the feeling that I just keep like blocking this story out of my brain because yeah. it's too sad to think about. <laughs> A couple of months ago, I went back and, and listened because like, oh, there were three no. shows that I did, right? So I did uh-huh. like Upgrade Connected and Cortex. And I, I just went back and listened to like the intro of them all. Because mm-hmm. I just wanted to like remind myself of that moment, mm-hmm. and it was just like listening back to it, it was like wow, like that just feels like a completely different time, like a different person in a way. Mm-hmm. It was just such a strange set of circumstances where I had to. I've never really had something like this happen to me before, where especially with upgrade because that was on keynote day, right? Mm. Where I just had to dig deep and pull it together and get the work done Mm -hmm. you have a job to do and you Mm -hmm. just gotta do that job you are very sad but you've gotta make it happen yeah and yeah it was i just was like trying to recall like how did i sound like and i actually think i did a good job like listening back to it Mm -hmm. and just getting on with it Mm -hmm. so this year will be very different i think yeah yeah, we're in the timeline now. <laughs> I was really hoping this was going to happen today, that it would come during our recording. Like, I was uh-huh. I was really hoping this was a good moment, and then I hope <laughs> we'll follow it up in a few weeks with another good moment. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Memberful. In business, if something isn't working exactly as it should, it can slow everything down, which ultimately affects profit, affects revenue, affects your time and attention. If your existing membership setup is getting just too complicated to manage, Memberful is here to simplify things for you while giving you complete control and ownership of everything related to your brand, finances, and your audience. Memberful is the full package. It has everything you need to run a membership program of your own, including a streamlined and powerful checkout, an easy-to-use member portal, transactional emails, and a member management dashboard. Memberful lets you build the membership program that's best suited to your audience with custom branding, newsletters, podcasts, functionality, gift subscriptions, Apple Pay, free and paid trials, automatic referral discounts, and tons more. Too many things for me to say in one breath. They also have analytics that give you an easy-to-use, in-depth view of what's working, what isn't, and where to double down. Memberful is not just a sponsor of this episode. They are a partner of the Cortex podcast. For Mortex, our membership program, we use and rely on Memberful. We love how easy it is for us to generate a podcast feed that is custom to each member, so they make sure that they get it in their podcast app. It's in every podcast app because Memberful's done a really great job of integrating into every platform including Spotify, to make sure that people can listen to the longer ad-free content that we produce. It's so easy for us to communicate with our members if we need to. We have integrations with our Discord so members can get automatically added in. It is so powerful, so awesome, and easy to use. 
Memberful seamlessly integrates with tools you're already using, like Discord, as I mentioned, but also MailChimp, WordPress, Stripe, and tons more. If you need them, you can contact their world-class support team that are ready to help you simplify your memberships and grow your revenue. They are passionate about your success, and you always have access to a real human. I've got to say, it's another thing. I have been blown away at just how responsive and awesome the support team has been. And we've had questions or things that we'd like to see. Go and check out Memberful right now to see how it could work for you. You can get started with no credit card required. Go to memberful.com slash cortex. That is memberful.com slash cortex. It could be the next great move for your business. Our thanks to Memberful for their support of this show and Relay FM. I have some follow-up for you. Oh, okay. So I used the backpack. Which backpack? So in the last episode, I told you about my new Bellroy Venture Ready backpack. Mm-hmm. So I've used it now as my traveling bag to replace the Peak Design bag. Mm-hmm. What did you think of it? Super in. This bag is fantastic. I'm really happy with it. It hmm. is way better for me for what I want out of a bag like this. I could get more in it. It was more logical for me where like all of the pockets are inside. So like it's not like where's this, where's that? Like it was just much simpler. Mm-hmm. What I will say is, you know, works for me. It wouldn't work for you with the way you were describing it as like you didn't want just a big open space. Mm-hmm. It 100% is that. But I like that because a lot of the stuff I'm putting in the bag goes in its own little pouch or whatever. It's just like a bunch of blocks and I just grab the ones that I need, right? I have the case that has my AirPods Max in. I have the Bellroy tech pouch that has my cables in. I have my Nintendo Switch case that has my Nintendo Switch in, right? Like I don't <laughs> need that in pockets because it's all very protected and it just makes sense and then i can also just like i have a sweatshirt and just throw it in there Mm. i was never able to get that to work with the peak design Mm. i could never have put a sweatshirt in that bag with the way that i packed it like it was just Mm. not going to happen but this one was much more simple like the water bottle pocket was easy i hate the side pockets on the peak design trying to get a water bottle in there is almost impossible for me but this Mm. just was easier. I really liked the little secret pocket to put my passport and my keys in, and it has the little thing I can clip my keys to. These are all simple things. Yeah, but it's what makes the difference in backpacks, though. It's like, it's the backpacks are entirely the sum of small details. So, yeah, yeah. And Cortex and Adam wrote in to cortexfeedback.com to let us know about a line of Bellroy bags that I didn't even know existed called the Transit work pack line they do a 20 28 and 38 liter of these Hmm. this is very similar to the bag that i have but is more focused on the daily commute rather than the like the bag i got is more like uh uh, you're going out into the world Hmm. but that was kind of perfect for me for general travel like as a as a travel bag but this is a commuter's backpack that you can put overnight clothes in Hmm. they even have compression straps in the backpack which is like very smart i think because i've never seen that in a backpack before for if you're putting clothes in the bag oh okay right right right. i see yeah yeah yeah. and also there's i think there's Hmm. a little bit more structured organization in this bag than the one that i have i don't know why i didn't think to look for a Bellroy backpack before now. Like, Mm. I have so many products, including my daily commuter bag. I don't know why it never struck me (laughs) to look at them to replace my travel bag. So I will thank Instagram ads for making this possible. It seems like you have gotten quite a lot of value in your life out of Instagram ads. (laughs) Yeah, this is a very normal thing. Like, if you use Instagram enough, their advertising system really just gets to know you. Mm. I would say like Instagram ads are the most 
effective and my favorite way to receive advertising mm. because I found so many things on there that are genuinely useful and helpful to me. Like I'm happy with advertising if it feels like a two-way street. Right. You're going to show me the ads anyway. I at least want them to work for me. Yeah, it is always weird when people complain about targeting advertising. Like I, I partly understand it, but I also have the feeling of like, but I want the ads to be relevant to yeah. me. Like, if I have to see them anyway, I would way prefer that the ads have something to do with me than are just about random products. I don't know anyone who thanks an advertising platform as much as I hear you thank Instagram ads for bringing things into your life. It just, just it works, funny. man. It works. Like, this was one of, you know, when like Apple did the app tracking thing. Yeah. When it said, like, hey, do you want to, oh, you know, like right. the personal? I was like, no, I, I want the ads to remain personalized for Instagram. Right, right. Most of the time, I say, don't track me because it's like you're opening some app for the first time. And it's like, why would I? I have no relationship with you, app. Like, why am I going to let you track me? But with Instagram, it's like, no, I want the tracking to continue because I'm getting value out of this. If they're still going to show me the ads anyway, if they become less relevant to me, Mm. then it's an annoyance mm. but yeah very happy with the Bellroy backpack the venture ready backpack so i'm gonna mark this up again of like for me if you buy you know if you want something and it's on Bellroy, this is how i feel like i'm just gonna get it because i know i'm gonna like it because every single Bellroy product i've owned i have really enjoyed and used and i'm very happy with it so yeah, yeah, they're good. I also like their little logo. Their logo is very pleasing to me. It's nice. Yeah, no, this this transit work pack is intriguing to me. I, I like the this, I guess they're calling it like clamshell thing where the whole thing opens yep. if you lay it flat. I find that very drawsome as a product. This design is the same as on my one. And what I really liked about it, it might be a little complicated here because I have a pocket on the front, but I could mm-hmm. just open half and just like roll half of the bag down. Mm. And it was like an easy way to get in and out. But I guess if you put things in that front pocket, you might not be able to to fold it in half the same. But yeah, I, I feel like I'm, I'm I might be drawn to this one, since again backpacks infinite market like we discussed mm-hmm. last time. I neglected to mention. I'll just mention it here because it is worth it. Like the other backpack that I do have is the Tom Bin Daylight backpack, and I'll say right away, I do not love this backpack. But this is one of these cases where. I'm trying to optimize for light Mm -hmm. and this is like the perfect backpack for that. If like my primary concern is just it being light, like this backpack works. This is interesting. This looks to me like I think it's in the way they're marketing it as like the backpack you have in your suitcase for when you go to the place. Which is exactly how I have used it. Yes. So that's interesting. This rolls up to nothing. Like when it when it is empty, it takes up zero space in Mm -hmm. a suitcase. And it's funny, since that show, I kind of remembered like, oh, right, I can go out with my laptop. And so I've actually taken this a couple of times out into the city to just like work in some random spots, which I haven't done since before COVID. <laughs> Wait, did it take State of the Hardware to remind you of this? Yes, it did. Yeah, okay. I, 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 I honestly think this is one of these things where I just gotten into a habit from you yeah. know, the past several years of like, oh, you just can't go anywhere. And somehow there's like lodged it in my brain. of like, oh, no, I 
Like, I totally can. I can just throw my laptop into my backpack and go somewhere sometimes. And so it's like, oh, spent a lovely afternoon at the British Museum just, like, working on a script in their little cafe. It's like, Mm -hmm. this is delightful, right? Mm -hmm. This is the advantage of living in a major city and just Mm -hmm. being able to, like, go somewhere. And for that purpose, this is, like, the perfect backpack. I I only want it to be light. That is my primary concern because I'm pretty much just putting a laptop in there and maybe, like, a charger and a bottle of water. And that's it. That's all I want for it. Congratulations on your promotion. Do we have a job title for you? Uh, I don't know. Do we have a job title for me? I mean, we could come up with one. Maybe you could be like chief logistics officer. I'll take CLO. That works for me. Is that a C-level office? I don't know how C-level offices work. It seems like they just pick a word, right? Everybody's like... yes. The, the whatever and companies are just making up whatever they want for the C-level stuff. Yeah, you could just make whatever you want. It can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah, so yeah, I'll, I'll take CLO. I'll take Chief Logistics Officer. That's, Chief that, Logistics that works for, for me. Actually, I'm just having a funny moment here. I think this is the first promotion I have ever gotten in my whole life, which I'm just realizing. I'm just trying to think of all of my jobs. I either never got promoted and I got one demotion which was my very first job where i worked as a page at a library as a kid Mm. i started i think because of some favors my dad pulled in the very prestigious reference department of the library working as a page and helping people look up stuff Mm. and then like an idiot i needlessly antagonized my boss and got demoted to the children's library (laughs) (laughs) wow what were you doing at the children's library i was mostly just hiding and trying like to avoid the shame of it which as a tall teenager was really hard because in the children's library all the bookshelves were really short (laughs) so it was like there was nowhere to hide in the children's library it was terrible i was mainly just like restocking books that little kids were returning that kind of stuff but yeah so i'm just i'm just thinking yeah all of my other jobs like when i worked as a teacher i was aggressively avoiding promotions i was offered it a couple times i'm Mm -hmm. like please no i would just rather stay a frontline teacher so yeah, this is my very first promotion ever. Thanks, Mike. Chief Logistics Officer at Cortex Brand. I don't even remember how this started, but you made a spreadsheet. Yeah. the This is one of these funny things. I don't really know what this is like from your perspective. I kind of feel like I have been bullying you for the past month and a half in some ways, slash also being a real overly explaining nerd is this is like my perception of it but yeah it's a thing that i've just had in the back of my mind for a long time that as soon as we had a second project that was of similar or larger size than the theme system journal i thought oh at this point it makes sense because there's enough things and enough data to start building a spreadsheet to try to assist the business. Whereas before with just the theme system, it always felt to me like there wasn't really enough there to work with. So from my perspective, what happened is the Sidekick Notepad was a surprise success, Mm -hmm. which had the good problem to have of we were running out of stock way too fast. This is how this began. Yes. This is how it started. Basically, I built a little spreadsheet to try to give you some estimates Mm -hmm. about what was happening with the stock because I, I just I know from experience that when you're looking at data like daily sales numbers, it's very hard to accurately predict 
where this ends up over a long period of time that what seem like small variations in daily sales over the space of two months can make a huge difference in like when are you actually going to run out or not so that's what it was i made this spreadsheet as starting as a piece of evidence to show you to try to talk to you about like hey we've got to change the way we do logistics around here so that's my perspective on how it got started and then i i feel like i was basically uh bullying you and slowly improving this over time is how it feels like to me but how does it feel like to you what like what happened from your perspective here so it i mean it kind of started with a little spreadsheet and a bunch of phone calls where you were quite manic (laughs) in explaining to me what you were doing is that fair i don't know i probably you were very excited you but i loved the excitement and i love the excitement and it's turned out to be i think over like a six week period or so You've created like three spreadsheets. They just keep. It just, that's how it feels to me. Like it's, mm-hmm. it looks like this, and now it's all gone, and it looks like this. Mm-hmm. And now we have the restockatron is a thing that you've built now, which is like a <laughs> dashboard showing all of the stuff. So we now have this huge spreadsheet where I input the daily sales figures for all of our products, and it's doing some very, I assume, intense mathematics to work out. What is our expected daily sales rate like kind of flattened out, right? Rather than just all the peaks and stuff. What are the dates that we expect a product's going to be in stock until? How many months of stock do we think we have? Like it's doing a bunch of smart stuff to predict things. But what I want to explain from my side is when you make a change to the spreadsheet, you like to explain it to me. And so you tell me what's going on. And I get these Slack messages from you that have the vibe to me of... You are at the train station. There are two trains coming towards each other. One is at 60 miles an hour and one is at 40 miles an hour. Which one will find its way to Albuquerque quickest? That is Mm -hmm. how every single message you have sent me about the spreadsheet reads to me. (laughs) I cannot understand the... I I know all of the words. Oh, no. But when you put them together, I don't understand... Any of it. Zero. Nothing. (laughs) What I understand is the output. Right? So like the output is fantastic. And like like just the spreadsheet itself is incredible. But as you were trying to explain things to me, I don't understand what it means. (laughs) I just don't it doesn't make any sense to me at all. But I love that you love it. Oh, oh my. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, well, that's interesting to take on board because, uh, yeah, I've, I've been basically kind of treating this as like extremely lightweight app developments and giving Mike like change logs, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, oh, here's what's changed on the spreadsheet. Here's what's changed on the spreadsheet. Okay. So here's what I say. When you give me those, it's good. But mm-hmm. I want can I read an example? Okay. About ten days ago, you completely redid the spreadsheet and exploded our Slack with explaining things to me. Right. <laughs> I woke up with some good ideas. <laughs> it was fantastic. Look, you need I I need you to understand. I am over the moon <laughs> that you have made this and that you wanna be like this engaged with such specific things like this, right? Like I'm I'm super excited about that. Uh-huh. Okay. Pen data is still new, which the error range column is telling you by being a shorthand for how unconfident it is in all of the numbers in that row. 
edited to add, I should probably reverse that to be more human readable. <laughs> like I did, I'm reading these things and I'm like, mm. <laughs> right, and I get this feeling of like, should I understand what that means? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I should understand what it means? You don't need to know, but I will just point out that the new Predictatron starts out on column BN, so column C through BM were all hidden calculations. I'm like, ah, <laughs> yes, of course. You must hide the calculations. Uh, <laughs> see, like, okay, I'm, tr- I'm trying to like articulate, like, what is it that I've been trying to express here? And I think what it is, is a little bit of my concern level is very high that you won't take the spreadsheet seriously. And in some ways, the spreadsheet is the manifestation of my panic over not running out of stock. Okay. Like I think as a company, there's a couple of things that are just major problems that people often don't consider. And like we've talked about this on the show before that like, Running out of stock is a thing that sounds like it's great because you've sold all your things, but it's a real business problem to like not not have stock in. And since I've taken over as like chief logistics officer here, putting things together in terms of numbers to me has been like, oh my God, like being out of stock for a month is a disaster. Like, Mm -hmm. because we have actual numbers of what that means. And then I'm trying to predict like, Ooh, I think it is non-obvious that we need to have much more stock on hand than we previously thought. And so my feeling is like I'm trying to put together a document of evidence that shows this and like mm-hmm. makes recommendations about how much stock we should be buying when. Mm-hmm. But I'm constantly afraid that when I change something, you're going to be like, hey, wait, that estimate changed by 50%. Like, what's even happening over here in this, like, clown logistics department if, like, the <laughs> estimates are going up and down They're by like, 50%? Oh, these guys in the logistics department, they're going wild over here. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like I'm, like, down at the coffee machine slacking you off to the right. other employees. Yeah, but, or, or like, you're, you're, you're going to look at it and, you, and like, so I, I think the thing with that, like, that message about the error rate, I know exactly what I was thinking, where I was, like, I was trying to express, like, Oh, hey, this this is trying to show you what the anticipated error rate in these calculations is. So, like, the real value is this value plus or minus 45%. And, like, that's just something that we need to keep in mind. So, I think that's what it is. Like, I feel the need to explain every time I've changed something mm. because I don't want you to feel... Like, I'm just making random changes over here. And it's like, oh, these numbers keep going, like, up and down. And, like, today he says I need to order X many units. And then tomorrow he says I need to order twice X units. And it's like, why? Like, what changed between yesterday and today? And then that's where I'm coming in going, like, well, let me tell you what changed between yesterday and today. Like, I'm using a different method to try to estimate what the resubscribe rate is for theme system journals. Like, that kind of thing. Here's the thing that you need to know. (laughs) Right, uh-huh. I feel like we're having this is like business therapy at the moment. Yeah, like co-founder this therapy. Is exactly we're doing what it in this front feels. of everyone. Yeah, yeah. I trust you. That's okay. what you need to know. Like this thing that you're making, I trust you. If you tell me it's this and this is the date, I will just trust you because okay. what I know is I don't understand how to do this. Like mm-hmm. I have been doing this stuff on gut. Yeah, yeah. Right, and we've done okay. Yeah, but I'm doing it on gut, and that's not a sustainable long-term thing and i know that at some point we had to get smart about this i didn't 
know that this would be something you would be so engaged in. And now I'm super happy that one of us is doing this. Yeah, and yeah. I guarantee you the best person for the job is the guy who's currently doing it. Because <laughs> I, just, I don't understand... Like you tell me these terms and like and I I get what they mean, but I don't know how you get there. So like one of the things you're talking about a lot is like a confidence mm-hmm. rate of like the amount of data that you're putting into the system is allowing you to be able to predict things confidently. And each product has a confidence rating in the restockatron about how confident you are in the dates that you're giving, right? Of like when it needs to be restocked. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how you are able to calculate that. Like, I know what goes in and I know what comes out. But like, this is when like, everything in the middle, I don't get it. I've never been able to understand things like this, like the the calculations required. And mm-hmm. so like, you can please feel free to continue giving me this information. But like, there are things of it that are very helpful. Like when we had a conversation today about subscriber numbers and how they're being calculated and like that, I understand. But like when you're like, so this is how I did this. (laughs) And if you want to tell me, because I know that like sometimes you just want to, like I'm like this, like people just want to say things aloud, right? Because it like just helps with going through a thing did you know did i do this right how does this feel when i explain it to someone and maybe you're able to work through some problems if i'm asking you questions but like i just need you to know i don't understand it okay (laughs) it's also funny that you mentioned about like what you put in and like what comes out so for, for any aspiring spreadsheet makers out there like this is one of my basic pieces of advice is a thing I've done on the spreadsheet for Mike, especially if you're working in a team, but even on on your own, you need to have two colors on your spreadsheet. Make the background of some cells green, and that's where information comes in. And then some cells are blue, and that's where information comes out. And I think like, I don't know if this is exactly your experience, but I feel like that's one way to try to make a spreadsheet clear of like what's happening. Because yeah, ultimately it's just a machine where you want to put some numbers in and then you should get some meaningful, actionable information Mm -hmm. out. And everything else in the middle doesn't matter, especially if, yeah, because again, like we're in this position of I'm performing a job where I'm trying to give you a tool because you're ultimately the person who is working way more closely with the manufacturers than I ever will. And so you're always going to be the person making the final call about orders and how much are you willing to pay and like when is it going to come or if we have it shipped this way or that way, like what will happen? Eventually, these are all data points, right? After a certain period of time, we'll know exactly how long it takes to reproduce every product. So then it can just maybe be put into the system. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, well, yeah, I mean, yes, that, that's one of the things that I want to have as, a, as an upgrade at some point in the future. Yeah. And I was trying not to bug you earlier today, but I was like, Mike, I need historical data about how long is it between when you send the first email and when like the thing arrives at the warehouse. Like, I just want to start having historical data about that. But yeah, so there is this thing with all spreadsheets of input, output, and then calculations in between. And I think for lots of people, when they make spreadsheets, it's not visually clear. Like you need to separate out these parts and then all of the quote, normal cells, a user can just completely ignore like all of the crazy stuff that's happening in the middle. But yeah, I think you're partly right. Even that little thing that you just read there, you can see that I edited to add 
that I was like, oh, wait a minute, this number that I'm giving you, it's more human readable if it's the opposite direction. I think it's just funny to me now to hear you say like, gray, either way, I don't know what the hell this number <laughs> means. But I, please, I don't, I want to create good working environment. Please continue sharing all of the information. There is some stuff in there that is genuinely helpful to me, but some of it, it's going over my head. But I am, and I have, where like I need, feel like I need to understand, I am asking for more clarification. This is just not my skill set. Like, it just isn't. I don't understand how to make a spreadsheet like the one that you've made. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I know how to make very simple spreadsheets. Like I just made one a couple of days ago to help me calculate the overall cost of a thing because you wanted that. And so I figured, well, I've been doing it all manually. So I'm actually just made mm-hmm. a number spreadsheet that would just do a bunch of the calculations for me. But that's kind of where my experience starts and ends. You know, I know how to take this cell, multiply it by that cell, mm-hmm. but... I know that there's a bunch of things going on in this spreadsheet that I just don't know how anyone could understand. You showed me this book that you bought. Oh, no. (laughs) Which is just like maybe the worst book for me ever written, but you seem very excited about it. Oh, right. The book. I was very excited. It was a book on statistics, right? Or something like logistic statistics. (sighs) Yeah. Well, so this is kind of embarrassing what's the actual book title because my wife had a completely different reaction to the, like so both you and my wife were like what the hell is this book that you just purchased okay so the exact title of the book is called understanding variation the key to managing chaos and it has a little picture of like a nebula on the front you know in, in like a spacey kind of image and My wife took one look at this and she goes, what the hell is this new age crap that you just bought? (laughs) It does look like that. The font on the front cover is very new agey. Yeah. So if you you didn't know anything about it, it was a completely acceptable judgment to make of like, what happened to my husband that he bought this dumb book, right? Like she's she's used to weird books getting shipped to the house all the time because Mm -hmm. of my job. But even among someone who buys outlier books, this one caught her attention as extremely worrying for, I can't believe this arrived. When I saw this, I'm like, what has happened to my co-founder? Why has he bought this book? It's, it, I, don't, I don't understand. And even when you explained what it did or what it was for, and you sent me some screenshots of some pages, and I don't know what it means. <laughs> I don't know what any of it means. How, how would you describe what you think this book is? Mm, like... The Lord of the Rings for statistics. What an interesting description there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's also saying about how I feel about Lord of the Rings. I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I feel like you've disparaged two things at once very close to my heart with Lord of the Rings. Every count has an area of opportunity. Here, the area of opportunity is the number of closings each month. If the area of opportunity remains constant over time, then one may directly compare the counts. I don't know what... <laughs> I don't know what it means. <laughs> okay, so 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 to explain for listeners, right? Can you? <laughs> no, no. So no, I want to. Exp- I'm going to explain in okay. like a broad way, right? Okay. Which is, so what what's happening? And why did I buy this book? And what's the deal with the spreadsheet? So, long time listeners will know I am a big booster of getting a physics degree if you can. Like I think if you're the kind of person who is interested in physics at all, I highly recommend you get a physics degree. 
And one of the main reasons for that is that people with a physics degree are just highly in demand in the world of employment. Like, I know people who will hire someone for a job with zero qualifications for that actual job just because they have a physics degree. And it's like, oh, no, they'll be able to, like, figure it out, right? They can they can apply stuff that they've learned. And that's kind of what's going on here is like, oh, I did this physics degree, you know, back in college. And by the nature of the subject is that it teaches you all of the useful parts of math it's like it's the useful parts of math as they're applied to the physical world, but you can just take any of these things and apply them to other stuff. And so this is one of these cases where like what I'm doing with this spreadsheet, it's very much like, oh, a lot of stuff that you would do in physics if you were like running an experiment and you wanted to try to publish a result and then also publish error bars on that result. Like mm-hmm. it's the exact same thing. It's like, oh, well, whether I've just taken a hundred measurements for like the weight of an electron or it's the like sum of daily sales volume for our company, it doesn't really matter what the data is. There's just like a bunch of tools that you can apply and just like general principles about how to think about data. And so I'd made this spreadsheet just sort of off the top of my head with a bunch of like old knowledge about mathematics and statistics and I bought this book because it, it, I just sort of happened to come across it also at the exact moment I was just thinking about this, which was I'm looking for a book which is kind of like the equivalent of when I switched over to trying to do an economics minor. I like, oh, can someone just give me an overview of what the mathematics in economics is? And mm-hmm. then I can just like immediately translate all the physics stuff here. And if there's something that they're doing in a different way, it's more obvious. And so this book, (laughs) Understanding Variation, (laughs) A Key to Managing Chaos, as best I can tell, and like having skimmed through it, it seems to be the case of like, oh, this is someone who's just recently written a book that is basically business math. Like, here's just a bunch of business math. And so I want to kind of read through it and just see, like, how are people in this field using various statistical tools? And this is one of those kind of things of like, If there's a single idea in here that is novel to me, like the book is completely worth it instantly. So anyway, that's why I was kind of excited. It was it was like, oh, let let me just see, because almost all of these tools I'm already familiar with in a different context. And it's just a bit of like, let me see how does someone apply this to business stuff in general? So this book the title is the way that it is, which like sounds very airy fairy, but it's trying to get across the concept of like, how do you get your business under control using graphs and spreadsheets, right? How do you not be surprised? And like, and that's exactly the thing that I'm trying to do here. Which is what we need. Yeah. Like, how do we not be surprised? So important. This is so important because we spent the first kind of 18 months, realistically, of our business being very surprised. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and we were surprised again. And I, I do feel like there is no way to apply this kind of thinking to a brand new product, right? Like, because there's no, but no th- data. That's, that's exactly it. I mean, I'd have to like double check the way it went. But I feel like the first three or four times we restocked the journal, we just had no idea. No. And that data would also have been complete garbage. Like, it just wouldn't have been very helpful at all. So it's... it's 
there's a lot that goes on with data where it's like you need a bunch for it to be useful at all mm -hmm. and just like having too little and especially having a thing where you're running up against a limit but you don't have even the foggiest idea of like did we just sell out or not we couldn't have done it from the start like one of the things that i like that you're doing with the spreadsheet is eliminating spikes from some of the data which i think is helpful but like if we have two days where we get a bunch more sales than usual that it's not going to be considered like well this is the new normal yeah right like i feel like that would be such an easy way for someone to do it if they weren't trying to eliminate chaos yeah, and again, that's like just straight from a bunch of physics stuff. Is like, oh, you know, when you conduct an experiment, you're going to have some portion of the data is like outlier data, and it just makes sense to get rid of that. Or you just know that some result was weird for various reasons, mm -hmm. and that result doesn't help you get to what the true thing is. Because in, in some sense, like, what is the goal of this? It's really trying to figure out in kind of a platonic ideal world, how many units of each product do we sell every day? Yep. And I actually even just explaining things to you earlier today, I realized like, oh, actually I should bin the data by week. That makes totally more sense because our data points are actually weekly sales. They're not daily sales. Daily sales are introducing too much variation. What does bin the data mean? What I'm going to do in the next version of the spreadsheet uh -huh. is right now you're entering the data points of like each product, each day, how many sold. Mm-hmm. But so one of the things that we can see is that there's a really big variation between Monday to Saturday. Saturday's a disaster. Yeah. It's, it's so like, interesting. Like no one buys the products on Saturdays every Saturday. Yeah. It's it's crazy. So th this is also where like we sort of knew this by just like talking about and casually looking at the data. Like this is a thing you told me. It's like, oh, Saturdays are bad. But then what you can do with spreadsheets and graphs is be like, how bad and it's like mm -hmm. oh very bad like the, the it's just so strange like monday is great it drops a little through to friday and then saturday it just like plunges to the center of the earth and then it recovers on sunday and it, yeah. it really is like where does everybody go on saturday no one's thinking about work on saturday i guess but then like are they on sunday like i don't get it yeah, like, shouldn't I, yeah. fridays also be bad like i don't get it yeah i would think like friday and saturday should look the same but they don't but okay, so whenever you're trying to figure out anything, there's like a true number, but all you can do in the real world is you can take measurements. And the measurements are just like an indication of what is the real number. You know, it's, it's a bit like even if you take your own weight, right? You can step on a scale twice in a row and it can be a little different, right? Mm -hmm. So like, oh, there is some real number that is your weight at any point in time. But how precisely do you care about that? And how many measurements do you want to take? Like, that's part of the question here. So there's always variation. And the bigger the variation, the more uncertain you are about what the real number is. Now, most time, if you step on a scale, for example, it's like, oh, the, the weight will only vary by like a tenth of a pound or two tenths of a pound on a good scale. Mm -hmm. So you can be like, all right. I know my weight within this small range, so that's like good enough. You only ever step on the scale once and see what the actual number is. But it's just not like that with things like sales data. You can't say like how many units are sold on a Monday because they're all over the place. And the problem with looking at our data and trying to predict a daily sales number is that 
the variation between Monday and Saturday is really big. Mm -hmm. And so that like artificially creates more uncertainty than there really is. Because if we were just comparing Saturdays to Saturdays, the variation between the sales would be smaller. Right. So what I mean is it dawned on me today that we can get more accurate measurements of when we're going to run out of stock if instead of running all of my analysis on a what is the average day, instead say what is the average week because the variation between weeks should be much smaller because we're combining together the best sales day every time and the worst sales day every time. So this is what I'm saying. It's like, okay, I should redo that because there's just less variation between those two measurements. So in some sense, it's like our real data is actually weekly, even though you're entering in daily data. And so that's, that's a thing that you can do in the spreadsheet is like have it filter out like, okay, before we run all the data analysis, just take the average number for the week and then like do everything else that's going to happen afterwards with that. So that's going to be the uh, that's going to be the next upgrade to the spreadsheet, Mike. Weekly binning. That's what's happening there. But again, I would just say to I really love the spreadsheet, but like I just I don't have a brain for this stuff. But I have been thinking recently, like it's part of like another reason why I think we're such a perfect partnership because you understand this and I don't. And so like you are bringing to the business this really important thing that I just would not be able to do. So I think you, you've you totally reframed for me what problem I'm trying to solve a lot of times when I explain it because my mental framing of this is not, you should trust me. It's like, well, that no, that's ridiculous. Like the whole reason to make the spreadsheet is to not trust me, mm -hmm. right? To not be like, oh, Grace says we should buy some amount of stock and then you just do it. It's like, no, no, I, I want to show you here's where this is all coming from. But in a partnership, I think I can reframe this like you can just trust me that I'm doing the best job on this kind yeah. of thing that I can in exactly the same way that I don't. So, Mike, when you tell me a lot about what's happening with glue binding for particular <laughs> notebooks. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I don't know. know what you're talking about yeah. half the time. Yeah. Right. But it's the same thing. Like, I trust you to make an amazing notebook. Mm -hmm. That's your skill set. Maybe it's the same thing. Like, I do ask some questions about what's happening. But I, I think, yeah, I think maybe that's similar. Like, I'm just kind of probing your thought process yeah. on how it is you're putting a thing together. A lot of the time you kind of ask me, like, why are we making that choice? Or why do you want it done this way? Like, what are the benefits of doing it? this way does it feel nicer like that kind of stuff mm. you tend to ask me which is helpful right because then if i can explain it to you that's good if i can't explain it to you then why am i making that decision yeah yeah i think we're a good partnership i think so this is what it i think that i have this with relay too like if you can find someone who between the two of you you can make a hole then you're great because i think that's what it takes to run a business you need good people around you because nobody can do everything. It's just not possible. And I think you are best off finding a group of people, whether it's two or three or four or more, mm. who are all good at certain things, and you put them together and you become better as a whole. Like I think that's what's truly valuable. There is no such thing as an as a excellent all-rounder. You can get someone who might be good at a bunch of things, 
you would be able to get a set of individual people who are all individually better at each thing. That's what I believe. This episode is brought to you by FitBod. Fitness is one of these things that if you really focus on can have great knock-on effects in other areas of your life that you may otherwise not be expecting. You may see yourself having more energy, maybe a better sleeping pattern, but it can be hard to know where to start. That's why I want to tell you all about FitBod, the easy and affordable way to build a fitness plan customized just for you. Just for you. Don't look at other people. Don't try and do what others are doing. What you need for your fitness is something that's made for you. That's where it's going to stick and see the results that you are looking for because everybody is different. So FitBot has an algorithm to learn about you, your goals, and training ability to create a custom dynamic program based on your experience and any equipment that you have access to, all in an app that makes it incredibly easy to learn how to do every single exercise. They have over 1,400 HD video tutorials shot from multiple angles for every exercise to make sure that learning them is a breeze. FitBot's powerful technology will make sure that they customize things exactly to suit you because Everybody has their own fitness path. It understands your strength training ability, studies your past workouts, and will adapt to your available equipment. You will get a training plan to maximize your fitness gains. They do this by intelligently varying intensity and volume between sessions. They're tracking muscle fatigue and recovery to make sure they are designing a well-balanced workout routine just for you. I really love how it integrates with my Apple Watch as well. They also work with Wear Aware smartwatches and also apps like Strava, Fitbit, and Apple Health. Because when I'm exercising, I can take a look at the exercise that I have coming up next on my Apple Watch. I can advance it. I can adjust the sets and reps if I want to. Helps me keep on focus. Personalized training of this quality can be expensive. FitBod is just $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year. But you can get 25% off your membership by going and signing up today at fitbod.me slash cortex. So go now and get your customized fitness plan at fitbod.me slash cortex and you will get 25% off. One last time, that is fitbod.me slash cortex for that 25% of your membership. Our thanks to FitBod for their support of this show and Relay FM. So I just made a 100% year of the weekend focused decision Yeah, where in it, I was like, oh, I'm super happy about the theme that I've chosen. So right now, I actually think I am in the busiest month of my year, maybe with the exception of September because of podcast-a-thon stuff, right? But for regular work, this month, wild, right? So two episodes of Cortex, that's enough. Right, like put two episodes of Cortex in one month, that's enough for me, let alone all of the other stuff that I'm doing and preparing for WWDC, right? So Mm. I have big episodes of my regular Apple Focus shows where we turn both of our predictions episodes into games. They take a lot of work to do. They're really important to me. I love doing them, but it's big stuff, right? This is like trying and then trying to get ready for like a basically a two-week trip. There's a lot going on right now. Mm Mm-hmm. But I took a mini vacation in the middle of it. Yeah. Which is on paper to me, like previous Mike, terrible idea. Like if Mm. you're that busy, would you take four days out of your week to go and join somebody on a vacation? Mm. Like those are four days where you could be preparing more, where you could be editing, where you could be recording. We could have recorded this show last week rather than this week, which would have given me longer before we got to get it out. Like, Mm-hmm. These are things where previous me on paper would have been like, no way. 
take the time to work. Mm-hmm. The year of the weekend, Mike, is realizing the value in taking breaks. And what has ended up happening is taking a three to four day vacation in the middle of one of the busiest months in the year has put a split down the middle. So instead of being a really busy four weeks, it was busy two, busy two. And I was able to recharge in the middle of it. So friend of ours, friend to the world, underscore David Smith, the maker of Widget Smith, (laughs) he just celebrated a big birthday in Scotland and he invited me and Adina to come along and spend it with him as a family and friends. And so that was one of these things where I was like, that is an honor. You can't turn down something like that if a friend asks you, I feel, if it's somebody that you care about and they want you to join them on something that's important to them, you do everything mm-hmm. you can to try and do it. And so I did it. And I was a couple of days into this wonderful time in the Scottish Highlands in this beautiful home of all these, this wonderful nature around me. And I was like, this was a good idea <laughs> because it's allowed me to have this recharge to now this final stint before heading off to San Francisco for WWC. Oh, man. I feel like you've taken your theme very seriously. I don't know if I could have done that in your position. You're right. When you get a serious invitation, I, th- I think you're right. You have to take it seriously yep. and say yes. But man, I would I would have been very nervous about that. Yeah. And I understand it. This doesn't fit with you right now. Mm-hmm. This is the exact opposite of the year of work. But what I have realized is that I'm just at a point where that kind of burning the candle at both ends is just Mm -hmm. not good for me right now. And it has been. And in the future, it will be again. I have no Mm -hmm. doubt about that. But I believe that our lives roll in these cycles. And the cycle that I'm in right now demands of me to take better care of myself. Mm -hmm. So this was like a perfect example of that where... I will now be in a couple of weeks getting ready to go on a plane and I'm going to feel nice and prepared and ready and fresh where I would have felt at my wits end, I think, otherwise, Mm -hmm. if I would have been working solid all the way through. I mean, it does help that I am taking my weekends. But similarly, Mm -hmm. because we've got two episodes of Cortex in a month, they are reduced weekend times a little bit Mm -hmm. because I do edit mostly on the weekends. So again, like having these few days is making sure I still make up for those days that I'd otherwise be losing, which is, I've been very good at that. If I'm taking a work day on the weekend, I am still taking my weekdays. But this has been like a little life hack for me now where I've banked four days. (laughs) So I can now spend those weekend days throughout the rest of the month. Also, I saw something I'd never seen before, the most incredible rainbow I have ever experienced. I'm sending you a couple of pictures of this rainbow. In Scotland? In Scotland, even better than Hawaii rainbows? I was like, you've been to Hawaii. I have never been this close to a rainbow where I ah, genuinely felt okay. like I could see where it ended. Mm-hmm. And I also, I sent you another picture, could see the entire arc of the rainbow, mm-hmm. which again is like another thing I have never experienced before. That's a really good one. It's a good yeah, rainbow, I guess, right? I guess I guess I, I don't really think of Scotland as rainbow territory, but of course, no. it's, like, it's very misty, so it's got to be great rainbow territory. Well, the weather was surprisingly incredible <laughs> the entire <laughs> time. Like, nice and warm, just only a little bit windy, no rain, you know? So we mm. didn't get, I don't think we got the full Highland experience, but mm. overall, excellent. And that rainbow, man. Come on. <laughs> does look like just past the tree line is a pot of gold. It actually looks like it's on top of the house in this image. 
because the <laughs> rainbow is in front of those trees. You can mm-hmm. see the colors of the rainbow is affecting the way those trees look. <laughs> this is very charming, Mike. <laughs> I had a great time and it was so helpful for me. And I think that like this is a really, really good thing for me to consider in the future. I was going to ask, like, it sort of sounded crazy to me when I knew that you were going to do this like right before and, and right in the middle of this really busy time. But it does seem to have worked out great for you. So mm-hmm. I think if you're thinking that this was a good thing and you want to do it in the future, this is something you've got to lock into the calendar now because future Mike will have plenty of reasons why it's not a good time to take a break. Yeah, But that's why I feel like current Mike needs to lock future Mike in in a way where it's hard to say no like that's the favor that underscore did for you here which is it was not just that like oh he he whisked you away to a magical rainbow land it's that you you also just like couldn't say no and so like that makes the trip like this is gonna happen I'm gonna make it happen yeah I think what I would take away from this is like if I have something like this going on and I will try and apply this for say the podcast is on Mm -hmm. is to before like a huge trip like this where i'm under a lot of pressure and there's a lot of expectation maybe Mm -hmm. take a little short city break go to london for the weekend the weekend before and just use it as an opportunity to just like switch off for a couple of days Mm -hmm. you know and like get out of home right don't just spend the weekend at home like go and just like be in a different environment and not have to think about work try and get out of the work mode get out of that mindset i think that that mm-hmm. is like a, a nice little addition to this like year of the weekend mentality of mm. in these high intense scenarios create a little special weekend in a way mm. so i think i'm gonna i'm gonna try and think about more about how that will be because mm. when it's you know some of these things they can be so intense like wwc is going to be intense September will be super intense, you know, because again, it's like the podcast that's on and the iPhone tend to line up with each other. Mm. So it's like two really important things. So trying to find ways to take these breaks, I think is going to is going to be a nice little addition and an important thing to ensure that the year of the weekend is being observed. This really is a beautiful rainbow. <laughs> just like I just like I'm just like leaving it on my. I've screen. never seen one like that. <laughs> like I've seen some great rainbows in Hawaii, but that that has got some strong colors. Like yeah. that's the thing about it is the colors are so strong. So in the first image that I sent you, I have boosted the color a bit to like really show it. But this is akin to how it looked to my eye when I saw it. But but the thing is also you can like if you look at it, you've got the Roy Biv colors but you can see them start to repeat again which is like mm-hmm. really shows the strength of the rainbow right that yep. like rainbows I just forget the, the exact details of this but it's like every rainbow you're looking at is a multiple rainbow it's just that the colors are too faint for you to be able to see but it's like it's a repeated effect but you can only ever see the one but that's why it really catches my eye here of like it must have been very strong in person to be able to see like immediately below the start of the pattern again very magical and it was just one of those things where like 12 adults were turned into children (laughs) because of just like this thing there's just this unbelievable because it really like seeing the end like that made it feel fake yeah in a way like i've never experienced 
a rainbow that felt so physically close to me. It was it was kind of awesome. I'm going to imagine you and underscore as the double rainbow across the sky guy taking a look at this in Scotland. I've been asking Cortexans to submit questions over at cortexfeedback.com where they can submit Ask Cortex questions for us with our fancy form. Jamie wrote in to ask, do you have any advice on how to keep a daily task list shorter? I'm thinking about not just the most important tasks, but also the one-time tasks. At the moment, I end up having an entire walkthrough of my day along with a wish list of nice-to-have things that I want to do. Overall, I'm looking at over 20 task items per day, and it's just unrealistic that I'm going to get to them all. No, Jamie. So, I think for all of us, it's just completely unavoidable that you always feel like my task list is way too long, basically no matter what you're doing. So, I think I would suggest two ideas here. One for me, the main idea, which... I think I first talked about in my time management for teachers video, which is still up on my YouTube channel. Is it still all there? Yeah, it's still there. Amazing. It's it's still survived. Is uh, that a public video? Yeah, it's a public video. Incredible. <laughs> it's also very funny to see like, oh, it still hasn't hit a million views. <laughs> it's like my Any oldest video. Any day now. <laughs> Any day now. But there's an idea that I sort of talk about in there, which I, I want to like elaborate on a little bit, which is... Your to-do list is functionally infinite in, in many ways, but there's like a clear dividing line in my mind that's critical. That dividing line is the like, I can't go home today or I can't finish the workday until these items are done. Like that's that's the one really hard boundary for looking at to-do list items. Like it just has to be mission critical that this gets done today. I cannot go home. And the the thing that you can kind of like mentally use to try to identify those items is it's like, these are the things that I would stay late at work for or keep working longer to finish because they're just like absolutely vital. But of course, you don't want to just do those items. So a thing that I didn't mention in that old video, but I, I think is also useful for the like what things have to be on the list is it's not just those, but it's also the tasks that you know save you a significant amount of time and stress the following day. So like, I think whenever I'm talking to people about to-do lists, it's like those are the two things that I'm looking for for like when someone's trying to put together, like what am I gonna do today? It's like absolutely mission critical and the stuff that is going to save you a significant amount of time and stress tomorrow, even if it doesn't have to happen today. And I don't know, for, for me, like, again, in my old teaching job, the classic example of saving time and stress tomorrow for me was always like, if you need to make photocopies of anything for tomorrow's classes, don't wait until tomorrow because it's just always a nightmare, right? And like causes you these problems of like, oh, there's a big line at the copier or the copier isn't working, right? Like you can really screw yourself over by waiting until the last minute with something like that. Mm -hmm. I think those are like the two things that you really want to focus on. But for the rest of the list, I'm going to suggest a kind of mental reframing of what to-do lists are. And in order to do this, I'm going to use an example from one of my favorite things to pull examples from ever, Magic the Gathering. Of course. 
This doesn't come up in a while. That's how you know, by the way, if we're doing a special episode or a regular episode. Is this Grey reference Magic the Gathering as a metaphor or not? Uh, that might not be unfair. Yeah, that <laughs> might not be unfair at all. Okay, so in Magic the Gathering, my absolute favorite mechanism of the game is something that most players consider quite banal and boring, but it is something called Scry. And Scry is the ability to look at the top cards of your deck and rearrange their order or put some of them on the bottom. And I love this so much in the game and I love this as an as a concept that I think is just applicable everywhere. It's one of the very few words of the game that I like has so dug itself into my brain i sometimes just use it in conversation without clarification and then feel real awkward when someone is like what the hell did you just say about like scrying your list like oh no this is very embarrassing but the thing about this is like the concept that it's trying to express here is in most games of magic you're never getting to the bottom of your deck the thing that you're really concerned about is like what is the order of the next two to five things that's going to happen? And I think people should just think about their to-do lists as a list of cards that they're scrying through. Your job is not to get through all of these to-do items. Your job is to arrange them in the correct order. Mm. And sometimes that means like, oh, you're looking at something and... Just like in Scry, you put a card on the bottom of the deck because you don't want it right now. It's like you're going to take this to-do list item and you're going to put it at the bottom of the deck. And probably you're going to die before you get to that to-do list item, right? But that's fine, right? Like that's just what life is. Like I think you're doing life wrong if you're consistently getting to the bottom of your to-do list. Damn. Oh, that's good. There is something about that that is really interesting to me where I don't know if you're saying it this way, but like if it's like an ambition thing, if you've done all of your to-do items, then you're not reaching for something else. That's exactly the way I mean it is if your to-do list is empty, something about your life is wrong and it's probably that you're not reaching hard enough or you're just not thinking about the... Just like the scope of things that you can actually do. Yeah. So this is what I mean, like in a game of magic, the games always end. And like most games, players still have cards in their deck. You know that like in an average game, you're only going to ever get through like at most, you're only going to see 40% of the cards in your deck in a normal game, but you still have more cards in the deck than that. And it's just like, it's the same with life, right? And I would imagine you have some in your hand, right? It's like, oh, I had some yeah, plans yeah. here. Like, I was going to do some cool stuff if it came around, but I just never got the chance. Yeah, exactly. I like this. This is a good way of thinking about it. I, I feel very confident about this, of like... People are framing this wrong, and I used to frame this wrong. of Feeling guilty that at the end of every day, I didn't complete my to-do list. But I just, I think that's totally wrong. Your actual job is like arranging the correct order of the next things that you want to work on. And that means putting some things at the bottom of the list, which you're just never going to get to. And that's fine. That's totally fine. In fact, it's way better than the alternative of having an empty to-do list. Man, I love that. 
I really, I'm going to be thinking about that a lot. <laughs> That's like a really good metaphor. Like it's not too dissimilar to how I am because I'm just realistic about like, I know I always have more on my to-do list and I have time to fit into a day. Yeah. But I'm able to look at my list and I know what is like absolutely must be done and mm-hmm. everything else is movable. Or like I can do a little bit of it today. I won't finish it. So I'll get it closer to the point where I can check it off. Mm-hmm. I don't feel guilty about there being things because I know I have come to accept that I never have a day where I complete every item on my to-do list. It just doesn't happen mm-hmm. because I just know that there's always more to go if I want to find time for it. And I'm, that works for me great. But I know, I just know by being able to look at things, what is the most important. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I flag them, you know, like in Todoist, I can change the color of a thing. If I need to be able to have something stand out to me, I can do that. But I do think it's a skill that you have to learn over time. Mm-hmm. There are some truths about the world you have to accept first. And I think what you have perfectly encapsulated is one of those of like, it's realistically just not possible for you to do it all. Once you've accepted that, you can then start to better prioritize. Yeah. And I still want to say like, there's just a slightly different framing here, which is the like, it's not that you don't feel guilty for not having completed the thing. No, no, no. This is the way it should be. Mm -hmm. Like you should end every day with more things on your to-do list than you were able to do. The real question is, did you order things properly for the day, not did you get everything done for the day? This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You'll be able to stand out from the crowd with a beautiful website, engage directly with your audience, and sell your products, services, or the content that you create to the people that want to buy it. Squarespace has got you covered. So when you get started with Squarespace, it's super easy. You just go and take a look at their beautiful gallery of templates. You just choose the one that fits your business perfectly and you have that perfect start in place. They are best in class, beautifully designed and customizable with just a few clicks and you can make it feel like your brand. You can sell your products in an online store. They have all of the functionality and integrations that you need to sell physical or digital goods. They have the tools that you need to start selling online. And then once everything's up and running, you can use insights to grow your business. Squarespace will be able to show you where your site visitors are coming from, where your sales are coming from, and which channels are most effective for you. You can analyze this all within Squarespace and then use that data to improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. And then when you have engaged visitors, engaged customers, you can start them on the journey to becoming fully loyal customers with a Squarespace email campaign. You can send out email newsletters straight from Squarespace. So encourage your visitors to sign up as subscribers, then start with an email template again that you can customize to fit your brand and you'll be able to send them out to your subscribers. Plus, you'll also have built-in analytics there to measure the impact of every send. I have been a happy Squarespace customer for 15 years. As long as I have had any ideas for websites, Squarespace is where I go first. They make it so incredibly easy, and the functionality that they have is best in class and only getting better all the time. I use it. You should use it too. Go to squarespace.com cortex and you can sign up for a free trial today with no credit card required. Then when you're ready to launch, use the offer code cortex and you will save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com cortex. And then when you sign up, use the offer code cortex to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for the continued support of this show and Relay FM. 
Jens asks, Apple is rumored to be working on a journaling app. Have you ever considered making your own digital journaling app? Have we, Mike? Uh, we'll be doing a lot of work with the word considered. So let me just, I will reference this by saying there is a suggestion that Apple is going to be making a brand new app, which will be journaling focused. It will prompt you to write down things in the day, but also like collect up information about where you've been and who you've been with and like pre-populate some of that stuff. It's hmm. an interesting idea. Like I actually like it as, a, as an idea for a journaling app. Although I do have some questions about like, will anybody else be able to use this information that Apple's putting into their own journaling app? But we'll see mm -hmm. about that one. And so I'm super intrigued to see what that's all about. In regards to making a theme system journal app, no. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, ha have, have we considered it in a sense of making a decision on it? Yes. And the decision is we're not interested in doing it. Yeah, we've discussed it, but I think every discussion has been a rather unambiguous no mm -hmm. that this this just doesn't make sense for us to do in this company as a as a project for a whole bunch of reasons the main one for me personally is i just think that this stuff is better when you are making an intentional decision to sit down with a set of things a pen and a notepad or a book or a journal of some kind yeah, and, like get your phone away from you and sit and write down how you're feeling, what you're thinking about. Like, I think that that is important. And it's like, honestly, for me, the act of doing that thing is part of what is important about doing it anyway, that you are mm -hmm. choosing to sit down and do this thing. Where I feel like if my phone is sending me a notification to remind me to write in a journal and then I tap that and I write in my journal and press like set. Like it just feels like any thing that I have on my phone. I have a daily to-do task to write in my journal, but that doesn't then mean that I open GoodNotes and start writing with the Apple Pencil. Like I've never done mm. that. I like to be able to sit down with this item that I care about, that I look after, that is mine and that I can see has got my handwriting in it and is filled up at the end. I think that that is an important practice, like a thing mm. to do. So that is one of the reasons. The other is just, have you heard about the economics of the App Store? Yeah. It would take a lot of time and money to make an app which is of high enough quality that we would put our name on. This is similar to the physical product stuff, right? Mm. Me and you are going to have an app that's Cortex brand, it's got to be really good that we would be happy with it. So that's going to be expensive to make. And then like trying to run that as a business, I don't, I don't know if I want to do that, mm -hmm. to be honest. I feel confident in being able to work with people to produce these products that we have. Making an app to a high quality just feels like a completely different thing, but also is not a thing that I particularly want to put my energy into because it's, it would feel like there's no good way of saying this without me sounding like, look at this guy, but it would feel like it wasn't true to what I believe for the theme system. Mm -hmm. I believe it is best used when using our journal or another notebook, I'm thinking in this way of like, I have a yearly theme 
And every day I'm going to sit and write in my thing that is focused around my theme. And it's going to help guide me because I'm taking the intentional time every day to think about it and just write down how I'm feeling, how I'm getting on. I think that that is important. And I think the act of writing it down is the important part by sitting and making that intention rather than just being like, let me open my app. I don't know. I can imagine so many people are listening to me and they don't see a difference. And that's mm-hmm. fine. But I feel this way and I'm part of the decision making of the things that we're doing. Yeah. And I, I back you on this. Like, I agree. There's a lot of problems with the economics of this. Uh, again, largely stemming from how would the two of us want this to be done? This it, it, is it's not a question of like, is it possible to make an app that is vaguely this? It's a question of making it the way that we would want to be, which is very different. But I do also agree with you that I think behavior change is really hard for people. It's especially difficult in absence of signals to yourself that you're really trying to do something differently and for most people in the current modern world having a notebook that is a physical object i think is a real signal to their own brain to pay attention that something is different here yeah you know sometimes you try to think about like who are you making products for and like who are you trying to help with things and I I sometimes imagine a kind of customer that I can easily imagine as like a younger version of myself as well like someone who is like really tech oriented and spends a lot of time around electronics like just like I did but is also dissatisfied with life in various ways and is having a hard time like changing themselves and To buy a physical notebook, which itself acts as a physical reminder in your real life space about something that you're trying to do, I think it it really shows your brain like this is different from all of the other things in your environment. Take it seriously. And so I think for that kind of customer, the fact that it is a physical object is much more helpful to them Mm -hmm. in terms of enacting actual change and that... I can kind of imagine that selling an app, even if it is profitable, might be a disservice to that exact kind of customer because it would be less helpful to them because it is less distinct. And like something needs to be different is the whole thing about why you might be buying this, which is why it helps that it's a physical product. Mm -hmm. So I think we're in agreement. No app of the theme system. (laughs) And we sell the theme system journal. Use any notebook you like we're not using this as yeah, a time yeah. to try and sell you on it like watch gray's video he explains it yeah but like that is an important part to the two of us yeah and, and that's also why like i've talked about that we've talked about that we obviously sell a notebook but i i like i don't know i don't i don't want to get all cheesy here but i really do feel it like i feel very strongly about wanting to try and help people to be happier Mm -hmm. and to live more satisfied lives because I know I could have had a really bad time in life and these kinds of things, if you catch someone at the right time with them, are literally life-changing. It's important to me that people try this kind of stuff. 
obviously we want to sell notebooks, but I care a lot more that someone who needs it like gives this a try and maybe it's helpful to them and you can just do it on anything. Mm-hmm. But not an app. <laughs> 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 Ian asks, a fairy or member of the appropriate government agency grants you an extra employee at no cost to you that has whatever skill set you need. What part of what you do now would you offload to them and why Ooh, what would you say to this so this is the key of why like it's a fairy okay because it's like there's magic involved there's magic involved right okay what i would want is someone who could help me with show production in like finding interesting stories to talk about helping me think about and expand on certain topics like what's some interesting stuff that we could talk about the reason we need a fairy for this is because this person needs to think and work like me exactly Mm. because i wouldn't want to work with anyone like this if they didn't share my exact thinking which is why i have no actual desire to find a producer because i like the way that i think about topics for my shows would i like Mm. it if there were two of me great right other than that <laughs> right, like right. i don't this isn't a role that i would be looking to fill because i want to still be involved but if there's someone who already thinks like me then i'm already doing it you know that's why that's the fairy part yeah if there's okay if there's magic involved this is in some sense an easier but <laughs> exactly that's why one of the reasons answer. i picked this question is <laughs> yeah. because there's magic involved right so if there's magic involved, what I would want is a first draft script writer. That would be the thing that I would want. Right. See, there we go. You know, again, it's like, do the first part, but think like me. <laughs> yes, exa- yeah. exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like, I've mentioned this before, but like, my skill is not writing. My skill is editing. And so getting to the point where there's the first, what I think of as readable draft is so much work and it's so hard and the problem is like that first draft it's the same thing you have like there's there's a certain kind of quality that i'm looking for and i know people are always like oh but you can hire writers and it's like look i'm just gonna say like i know youtube channels who have brought on other writers and even when they're reasonably good it's like but they're just never quite the same as the person who started the thing of course and like you can just feel channels getting a little bland or it's just like it just feels a little different. And very often it's like, ah, they brought on more writers. And it's like it, it's just changed. So I think that's the thing that I would want most if there was like a magic employee. It would be the like, I'll give you that's like I'll keep doing the selection. Like I'll pick something. But if you can give me like a first draft that I can start editing from, that would be amazing. But that would also be basically magic. 